Welcome everyone to this edition of our Blueprint for Success. I'm Holly Smithson, Athena's CEO, and we're excited to bring you this Blueprint for Success by our friends and partners at San Diego Gas and Electric. And we have a special guest. I'm really excited to introduce Dr. Amy Butler. She is the president of biosciences at Thermo Fisher Scientific. And Amy, thank you so much for taking time out to share your story and give us uh, a little inspiration about the incredible path uh, that you've taken throughout your career. Thank you. And thank you for the invitation. Happy to be here. Excellent. So as I look back at your background, it it looks like it's this spectacularly linear path. Um, it's, it's a PhD in neuroscience. It's a fellowship at Salk Institute. It's a stent at McKenzie. And then you jump into almost a decade at Life Technologies. And now you're overseeing the biosciences division for Thermo Fisher Scientific. What an extraordinary example. Um, I'm sure it was easy. There were no, there were no speed bumps. <laughs> it was just a walk in the park. Um, if you'd like to take license with my summary, please do. Tell us how you got involved and how you were able to enjoy such a, just a remarkable uh, career path. Well, just, just to be clear, um, I did not have this all planned out in advance. It definitely evolved over time, which I think is part of the fun uh, anyways, but you know, it really just started off, uh, I love solving puzzles, and I always have, and that sort of evolved into a real interest in, in science, and in particular biology. I wanted to understand sort of why are we all the way we are? It started off with a desire to understand people, and from there, I, I was just really fortunate. Access to great teachers who were incredibly supportive, who made science fun. Um, a great mentor in college who really helped me uh, think about the direction I wanted to go, gave me opportunities uh, to continue to grow as a, as a scientist. From there, it was really my love of learning that drove me to keep trying new things. So to go from being a research scientist to a management consultant and ultimately landing in, in what I refer to as sort of a biotechnology tools company. The shift from research scientist to strategic management consultant may not be a typical path, uh, but for me, it was all about learning, learning about new things, learning about strategy, learning about business, and certainly that played an essential role in doing what I do now, which is really leveraging my passion for science in a different way than I thought I would initially leveraging my passion for science to actually build tools to help help scientists hopefully accomplish pretty amazing things. And I certainly still believe in the power of science to really do good in the world. And that's one of the things that I'm really passionate about. So it's it's really, it is fascinating. And I, I, I know from our time at Athena for you know some 20 odd years, hearing there's a desire for uh, these researchers, right? These scientists who say, hey, I wanna make a shift. I've been in the lab. I have this wonderful command for the world of science uh, and driving um, just incredible outcomes. But I actually want to get out of the lab. I actually want to get into business. I actually want to lead and be a part of the vision. And uh, and so I appreciate that you're sharing that um, kind of that pivot and talk a little bit about what was the reception um, 
that you had when you made that shift from this, obviously, uh, from the Salk Institute, Premier uh, Research Institute, and then going over to McKinsey, which is really the breeding ground for some of the, you know, the, the corporate leaders that, that we know running some of the biggest uh, Fortune 500 companies. So talk a little bit about that shift in how you were received um, by others uh, in that world. I, I will say I got some questions. Um, there were some folks who are incredibly talented and successful research scientists who couldn't understand why I might want to do that. Um, and then the shift to being a consultant was a pretty significant one. A great learning, but a, a really significant shift from being an independent researcher who wrote my own grants, sort of set my own hours, incredibly independent, to learning something brand new where you were part of a team, um, where you're frankly sort of low person on the totem pole starting over in some ways. But what it helped me to think through was how to structure problem solving in a different way than I did as a scientist. And it enabled me to make a very quick transition from research scientists towards business. There's other ways to take that path, a lot of folks go from research scientists in academia to research scientists at a company and then eventually transition out of R&D. That's a very um, successful path also. But this allowed me to make that transition even more quickly. So as you as you decided to, to take that um, fork in the road, talk about any sort of, um, or I guess I'll ask you if you experienced any um, discrimination or any biases um, because of that choice? Um, and if you did, what were some of the strategies that you deployed to sort of minimize or, or offset that? So I've been incredibly fortunate. I will say I've had very few examples of, of overt biases or, or intentioned biases. I've been much more likely to encounter more subtle or unintentional uh, biases or, or roadblocks. Early on in my career, some pretty well-intentioned uh, peers and, and colleagues and mentors said to me, you know, it's going to be really difficult to have a family and to take on increasingly senior positions. You're going to have to choose. And that was said by people who had both families and very senior level positions, right? It just happened to be men who were providing me with that feedback. Um, you know, another example would be leaders who said, look, you need to lead in a different way. You need to be more directive, more of a command and control type leader, because that's the only way you will succeed. And, and I think when you get that type of feedback, you need to sort of remember who you are. You need to remember that you know yourself best and that leading in a way that's authentic to you is the best way to be successful. And also you need to have some people around you, some great friends, some great family who remind you um, that you can do it, that you can have both and that you can find your own path. That's, um, that's pretty powerful. 
and and I, I would call those uh, explicit biases. <laughs> it's like, hey, here's a reality check. In this company and in today's culture, if you think you're going to have a family and be an executive in this company, uh, you're smoking some monkey grass. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know that. I, you know, I don't even know that's a bias. I think that's just sort of a data point, right? <laughs> hey, uh, just just want to bring you uh, down to earth. Um, so on the one hand, I actually, you know, I guess would respect the candor that says that's not what's going to fly here for us. So I want to see you succeed and you need to pick A or B, door number one or door number two. Um, and of course, you you chose door number three, uh, which is why, which is why you're the president. Um, and and then and then the other thing, um, really, really talking about how you need to conform. If you're going to be a successful executive, here's what you need to look like, here's what you need to talk like, and here's how you need to bone up uh, to fit this profile that we see as, as a successful leader. So I, I, I think those are probably um, not outlier experiences. They're probably pretty common. Um, in our yeah, which world. is why it's so important to have other women leaders who set examples of the different paths that you can take because there really are so many different ways uh, to navigate through life and your professional career and you know i i try and pay it forward i really feel fortunate that i've had some great colleagues who have acted as inspiration and support for me and I try to support organizations like Athena that are out there trying to encourage women to get into STEM and certainly, you know, more personally coach and, and mentor colleagues because it is so important. It's so important to have that support network. Now, so let me let me and thank you for that very much. Um, we're we're very proud of our of our mission and and try to even though we have twenty five percent of STEM jobs held by women today, um, we are undeterred in our commitment to continue to keep the pressure on and really maintain that level of transparency. So we don't we don't keep our um, take our eye off the prize. But but let me ask you on a sort of on a psychological level, um, some of the things that you know you heard in your climb up the ladder was, hey, you got to pick, you know, family over business. Hey, you got to act like a man if you want to um, find success. But there's something inside of you, right? You had this sort of um, innate belief system that ran counter to what these sound bites that were coming at you. So talk a little bit about that, um, about your grounding, and you talk about your North Star. Talk about how that came to be, and, and what were some of the circumstances that cultivated um, those belief systems? I think probably the most important thing, and I've noticed that a lot of other women leaders uh, have this in common with me is that uh, I had a mother who always told me I could do whatever I wanted to do and who was a working mother. And so right from the very beginning, I saw that these two things could coexist. So I, I think that's probably the most important thing that sort of set the tone. Um, that said, as, as I've mentioned, I have many, many friends and family who not only are supportive of me, but many of whom are also scientists. So, you know, I have sort of a built in network of support right there. And I and I think I think that's probably in my estimation is probably the most potent ingredient in 
for women working in the STEM fields is that template to be able to see yeah. that role model. And, uh, and I too, uh, my mom was the CEO of the house and she was CEO of her career <laughs> and certainly helped to inform my belief system that I can do and be whatever I choose, notwithstanding the chatter. <laughs> um, uh, so I, yeah, I respect that. And, that. and that's certainly the very basis of why we have this series is to show the Amy's of the world and notwithstanding some of the the pushback, um, that's, that's their belief system, right? That's where they are. Um, and then there's where you are. So, and I, I know what, I don't mean to make it sound so simple um, because I know it's not, right? It, it takes, it's a lot. It takes a set of belief systems, a value system, a, a, a network of uh, a, just an incredible support system, which it sounds like you do. Um, and I, and I respect that. Let me, let me move the conversation a little bit over and to, to the audience, to those in the audience that are looking at a career in life sciences or technology, and they're looking at the data, right? In our audience, in our community, if you don't start with data and end with data, you completely <laughs> lost your audience. They're, they're going to, they're going to tone out, uh, or zone out. And so talk a little bit about what you, given that we have these low numbers of women represented um, in, in the STEM economy, what do you think, um, what can you give our audience in, 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 in terms of what you see changing in the future? You know, we saw the civil and social unrest of last, last summer um, in 2020. Um, we're seeing the social inequities in clinical trials, uh, the availability, the inequities of, you know, uh, the pandemic and just the whole the whole enchilada what do you see now that this is all this has all been raised to a whole level of consciousness what do you see for the future for those people that are contemplating is this the right time for me and is there is this the right career for me you know i'm always an optimist so i i always believe we're moving forward not always maybe as fast as we want to be but we're always moving forward and there are many more examples of working mothers, for example, in this era than there were when I was growing up, which I think is just helping to change the culture and helping to show that this can be can be done. Um, you know, if you are thinking about a career in STEM, I think it really comes down to, do you like it? Are you passionate about it? Because if you are passionate about it, then you can be successful because you will give it your all and you will um, enjoy it, right? I uh, did not think as much about the importance of loving what you do early on when I was in college, when I was picking a major. It wasn't until later you realized how much of your life you spend at work and how important it is that you believe at the end of the day that what you're doing is meaningful. And I think that's so important. It is that burning desire to want to leave your mark in the world you, you live in and make sure that your talent doesn't go to the wayside. Um, and, that's, and that's pretty evident um, in your path. So and let, me, let me just uh, ask you this, because in the world of you know, 18 um, words or less, everybody wants that silver bullet, that silver bullet, you know, okay, Amy, you've got this illustrious career, just give us the panacea. What's that one sort of uh, ingredient that you can't, that any successful career can't, can't, can't have without? What would you say is that sort of um, singular um, uh, ingredient in your career? 
All right. I don't know if this is cheating, but I'm going to say three things. Uh-uh. <laughs> Work ethic, authentic leadership style, and a passion for what you do. I think if you're going to be successful, you need all three of those things. And I and I I have to I have to say um, if 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 folks um, don't believe it, then go to <laughs> then go to your LinkedIn and see your career. There's there's the recipe, and then the, and then there's the the the, the grand uh, masterpiece. And and what a delight to have you um, come in here and share your story. Thank you, thank you a lot. And it means it means a lot for you to show uh, to share your story, um, but to also show the success that's on the other side of your strategy. Um, so for that, thank you. Uh, thanks for coming into our studio. <laughs> and thank you, Holly, again for the invitation um, and, and certainly to your partners in putting this on. Excellent. Well, awesome. Well, thank you again, uh, Dr. Amy Butler. She is the president of Biosciences at Thermo Fisher Scientific. And we'll see you all next month at our Blueprint for Success brought to you with our partners at San Diego Gas and Electric. Thank you.